First off, I'm the softest. Happy, so get off this. Hamburger meat with the stretched out teeth. This B.O.D. is flawless. Krispy Kreme, hot and fresh. Burger King, KFC, help define this chest. I'm rocking rolls with cottage cheese. Got the Crocs tube socks to my knees. So grabbing sweatpants with relaxed fit. Elastic waistband, step your foot inside. So of throw it. your fist up. And let your head nod. Pass some breadsticks, we're working on the dad bod. Hey, hey, rock that dad bod. Hey, hey, rock that dad bod. Roll off the Tempur-Pedic slow. My body start popping before my feet hit the floor. My joints be achy, getting older. Grab that icy hot and rub it up on my shoulder. Smooth out my figure with some spanks. Never got my sweet tank showing off my meat shanks. Sun's out, guns out, yo, these gotta be seen. Forget the mall, it big and tall, wasn't born with skinny jeans. So throw your fist up and let your head nod. Pass some breadsticks, we're working on the dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Back sweat. Turkey neck. Saggy pegs. Knee brace, elastic waist, thigh chase. Now throw your fist up and let your head nod. Stick your chest out and keep rocking that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Rock that dad bod. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. And man, pray for our staff. That's what they do all week long. <laughs> Busting on Krispy Kremes. I don't even think that's right. Even in church. Amen. Hey, can we give all the men of Life Church a big hand? Happy Father's Day. If you are not just a dad, but just a man here in this room, we are delighted that you're with us. And we're delighted that you're uh, worshiping with us this weekend. If you got your Bibles, do you turn me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have some fun today. Georgian, it is great to see you. Just had a surgery on Thursday, oh, excuse me, on Friday, and then at church on Sunday. So you take all the excuses out for everybody, right? So no excuse Sunday. So it's good drugs, huh? No drugs. Oh, well, I'll take them. I'm just teasing. <laughs> So it is great to see you. And, uh, and uh, this weekend, we're doing something a little bit different. We're gonna, I'm going to kind of uh, speak for 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. Uh, and uh, they've given me a 10-minute timer, but whatever that is. And so I'm going to do that. And then, but then what I've done is I've asked a couple of guys. Uh, I'm in a couple of life groups, and, uh, which is something we really value here at Life Church. And so uh, I've invited a couple guys from a life group that I'm in to kind of join me to kind of unpack this a little bit. Because sometimes what happens is you hear me preaching, 
uh, on a week-to-week basis. And it's like, yeah, 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 he's a pastor. Yeah, yeah, he didn't live in the real world. Yeah, 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 nobody's cussing at him and yelling at him. And he's not really out there in the real workaday world. I mean, what does a preacher do all day? I mean, the angels wake him up in the morning and serve him espresso. That really happens. And, uh, and it's just like, you know, I mean, it's just he just reads and his hands are delicate and soft. And when I see me, anyhow, so it's one of those deals. So I just thought, I'm going to get some guys from just across the spectrum that I'm in a life group with just to kind of come and help me unpack this a little bit. Um, and so uh, I think you're going to enjoy that today. But I, I want to talk for just a couple minutes about what it means not just to be a dad, but what it means to be a man, according to Scripture. And, and I, I hope my desire today is that as a man, whether you're a 13-year-old man and your voice is changing, uh, or you're, you're 83, or anywhere above or, or between, that you leave today feeling like, man, I, I get this and I understand this, and there's some aspirational things that I can do, but then also there's some, some things that are affirming some behaviors that you're already doing. And that you see that being a, a follower of Christ as a man is not about perfection. It's really, truly about just, I love what the Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up. It's about just not quitting. It's about just loving Jesus and being real and owning the space that you're in. And so Paul speaks about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 7. And the, as apostles of Christ, Paul says, we certainly had a right to make demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. For we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Verse 9. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. Verse 11. And as you know, we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Paul just kind of gives a few attributes here, a few adjectives, a few descriptions of what it looks like to be a man of God from his own life. Paul was not a passive individual. He wasn't passive-aggressive. Paul wasn't just type A. He was like triple A. He was over the top. Uh, and, and he was very much a man's man. If you read, if you begin to read the, the writings of Paul in the, in the New Testament, the book of Romans, uh, the, the pastoral epistles, the prison epistles of, 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 uh, of Timothy and Titus, and you'll see this, this grit in this individual. You'll see this, this manliness in this individual. You'll see sometimes that he's a little bit over the top aggressively in this individual. And, and, and he's talking here, and the first thing he says is that a man of God should be loving. It's interesting to me. He should be loving. Verse 8, he said that we loved you. Uh, Another translation says, we showed great affection towards you. Now, when you think about a man, you don't really think about loving. That's more of an attribute that would be given to a woman or to a mother. Uh, Or show great affection. That's not really necessarily a... um, uh, uh, an attribute that would be given to a man. In the original Greek, the, that, that word love there would, would, be, uh, would be this phileo, uh, this brotherly, this, this band of brothers, no one left behind kind of a love, that we were there to serve you, we were there to love you. And, and I think this is, a, this is a powerful statement because I think most men don't know how to adequately express 
their love and affection in a healthy way with another guy, with a friend, with a brother, with a dad, with a son. The most powerful words you can say to your best friend uh, or you can say to your son or you can say to your dad is look them in the eye and say, I love you. Most men don't know how to respond to that. They don't know how to come back from that. They, 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 cause, because it's like, man, you know, I mean, like, is, is this like, I mean, you don't tell another guy you love him. I mean, is there, you know, I mean, there's stereotypes with that. And what, and what am I saying? And, and what's going on? No, 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 no. I mean, I love you. And every man needs to hear the, those words of affirmation, especially from their dad. I love you. I mean, my dad growing up, dude, he, he would straight up light you up like a Christmas tree if you got out of line. Don't, don't misunderstand me. My, my dad, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. And that's not even in the Bible, but he would quote it often. All right? And my brother and I, I'm sure, gave him good, good reason to do that. But he would also kiss us and hug us and tell us that he loved us. And those strong arms, I remember looking at my dad's hands, those strong hands, and just being a man's man and having that level of, of, of assertiveness and confidence, but at the same time, having that gentle side to him, it, en- it endeared him to me. And it taught me that's what a man does. I- I've been with guys before that they get upset and they're mad and they're whatever, and I just can stop and look at them and just say, hey, bro, I just want you to know, I love you. And it just brings everything down because they don't know how to respond to that. Paul says, we should be as men, men of God, we should be loving towards one another. We should be able to express that towards one another. He says on in verse 8 that we should be transparent with one another. He said, we shared not only the gospel, but we shared our lives with you. See, it's one thing for me to preach the gospel it's one thing for me to share the good news of Jesus. It's one thing for me to hand you a gospel track or invite you to a church service. But when I open up my life to you, when I say, why don't you come and sit at my table? Hey, why don't we get together and, and, and let, let's, let's do life together. Let's, let's go on a trip together. Hey, let, let's, let's meet and let's open up God's word together. Let's eat together. Let, let's be around one another. Let's go play around round of golf together. Let's go fish together. Let's go hunt together. Let, let's, let's, let's go do some life together. There's a transparency there. there. There's a vulnerability there. And again, I get it. We don't want to be vulnerable. We, don't, we, we want to be very guarded and that kind of a deal. Because you know why we don't want to be vulnerable? Because vulnerability requires more faith out of us. The more vulnerable I am and the more open I am, the more faith that I'm having to put in the relationship and you. The more vulnerable I am and the more open I am towards God, the more faith I have to really to trust him. But isn't that the currency of a Christ follower? Faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's got to be a vulnerability. There's got to be a transparency. There's got to be an openness. There's got to be this doing life together. He goes on to say that another characteristic is servant, is to be a servant. This ideology of servanthood, verse 9, he talks about, we came to you and we didn't want to be a burden to you, so we worked day and night to serve you. They're working day and night in order to share the gospel. They're working day and night to plant this church in Thessalonica. They're working day and night to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to this community. It's this ideology of serving. I'm not serving so I get something from you. I'm not serving you because I want something from you. I'm serving you because, guess what? At the end of the day, I'm doing that because I love you. And I want you to experience this same 
love of Christ, this same, this same transformative power. And so I'm just going to serve you. When was the last time, sir, that you just served someone? You just gave someone. You just helped someone. You just did that without any strings attached. Sometimes in our world, we can just walk by people and not say hello. We can just drive by people and realize there's probably something wrong with their car. That's why the car's, you know, two-tenths of a mile back and they're walking down the road and we don't help them. Or we know a neighbor that may be in trouble. Or we know someone that may need help. And I'm not, there's no strings attached. I'm not trying to, to do anything other than just to serve you. That's what being a man and being a man of God looks like. Two more. Next is he says it's spiritual. That a man of God is spiritual. Verse number 10. He says that you're a witness, speaking to these Christ followers, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards you as believers. This is important because, again, they're living with these people. They're eating with these people. They're working with these people. They're, they're doing this to plant this church and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in this unreached area. And, and they're bringing this to this new region of the world. And so they're, they're, they, this is all the faults. All, I mean, you're going to see the stuff. You're going you're gonna to see what's going on. But yet the reality is they were spiritual. And what I mean by spiritual is not Sunday morning Christianity. It, it, it's, it's Monday morning Christianity. See, as a pastor, I'm never worried about your Sunday morning Christianity. I'm always praying for your Monday morning Christianity or your Tuesday afternoon Christianity or your Wednesday night Christianity or your Thursday morning Christianity or your Friday night weekend Christianity. See, that's true religion. That's true relationship with Jesus Christ. That's true followership. Anybody can do what we're doing right now. Anybody can do this. But what it really takes a man to do is to make the right decision in a board meeting on Tuesday afternoon or at the plant on Wednesday morning or when he's out and about with his buddies on a Friday night. See, those are the decisions. Those are the times. Those are the points where true spirituality comes out. And Paul says, look, you were with us. You were around us. You saw us on our good days, our bad days. We're all doing this together. And you saw, God saw and you saw that we were people of integrity, that we lived the talk. The last thing that he says in verse number 12 is that a man of God is influential. He said, we encouraged you. We pleaded with you. We urged you to live out this, this gospel, to live out this calling that's on your life. What Paul's saying is we used our influence and we leveraged it in order to encourage you to do the same. This is not about Sunday morning. This is about Monday morning and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. This is about during the week. This is a, a shoe leather Monday through Friday, work a day week kind of a deal where I'm not just silent with my faith, I'm leveraging what I believe in Jesus Christ in such a way that I'm influential in the world in which I live in. And that's part of why I want these guys to come out here in just a minute. Because I think what's important for you to understand is you're going to have you're going to have general managers, you're going to have uh, 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 leaders, you're going to have doctors, you're going to have professionals, you're going to have all types of people. And there's all types of men like that in this room today. And one thing you go, well, pastor, it's easy for you to be, to be influential because you're kind of so public with your faith. 
that when people see you or whatever, I mean, you're the pastor at Life Church and da 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 da. And so you kind of got this, this label. But, but the deal is with you, you don't have that label. So you can hide on the label of I'm a business owner or, or, or I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a sales guy or, 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 or I work at such and such factory or, or I'm employed over here or I'm an engineer, I'm a whatever. And you can hide under that label very easily. Instead of using your faith in Jesus Christ and the grace that you've received from him as leverage to help encourage, as Paul says in verse 12, to help plead, to help move and motivate people towards the calling that God has in their life. Every single guy in this room at some point in time looked at a dad, at a coach, at a teacher, at a youth pastor, at some other man, and they influenced you. What did they do? They used their influential currency in order to help propel or direct the trajectory of your life in a particular direction. Paul says we use that for the gospel. That's what it means to be a man of God. It's not Sunday morning Christianity. It's not how high you raise your hands. It's not how much you put in the offering. It's about, it's not even about how many hours you're serving at the church. It's about how you're living your life when you leave this place. So today what I want to do is I, I want to get some real world guys because I don't live in the real world. I have a really soft job. We've already established that. I don't really do anything. And these guys, man, the devil brings them coffee in the mornings, not the angels. So would you give a big Life Church welcome to, to my friends and the Life Group guys that I'm with? All right, guys, don't get all quiet on me now. Here we go. <laughs> So I'll have everybody introduce themselves, and uh, some of these guys you'll know, and some of these guys you may not know, and that's, that's totally fine, but we'll start with you, Justin. I'm Justin. Hi, Justin. <laughs> Kevin. I'm Adam Kosinskis. Jim Frazier. All right. So, guys, thanks for being here and on this, this Father's Day weekend, taking time out of your busy schedule and all of that to be here and to do all that. Um, we're, we're talking today just on this passage of what Paul talks about. So talk to me. What does it look like for you to be a man of God? What, what's that look like? I mean, you're, you, you manage uh, Rustero, uh, Kia right there in Wauwatosa. So I'm sure everything's always tranquil at a car dealership. No Not problems. Quite. Not quite. Right? So, so talk to us about what is it that, what does that look like? Um, I guess for me, I just realized that, one, I cannot do it without God. Uh, is who I am. It's not just today or right now. Uh, it's who I am. So basically my decisions that I make is going to be, you know, how would God want me to handle that? The way I react to different things. I'm always aware that this is not just me being here to make money or to, uh, to do this type of thing. It's uh, me representing God. Like what, what's a real life example of that, Kevin? I'm not putting you on the spot a little well, bit, but like, what does that look like? Well, Say, for instance, somebody buy a car yesterday, right? Right. And it doesn't start today. <laughs> I don't care what it is, even though I didn't make the car, it's still me who they're probably uh, putting their anger toward. And they don't understand that, you know, that maybe that the car just didn't happen to go out at that particular time. So what I do, I just listen to them, understand them, and realize that I could be in that same situation. And the whole time that I'm talking to them, 
I'm just looking at them and listening and trying to feel what they feel instead of just looking at them saying, you know what, uh, this guy's a jerk, this guy's uh, crappy, he's yelling, he's screaming. So right. uh, I, I, what I'm trying to do at that point is just, just let them know that I'm not going to get back at that anger with them. I'm just going to be with him and try to get them to realize that it's going to be a little different. And at the same time, not react where the world wants you to act. Some people just throw them out. Uh, we won't do that. So you won't, you won't throw me out if I come by and see you? I'm going to throw you out. Unless past. I start yelling or something. <laughs> that won't happen. That won't happen. Yeah. All right, somebody else. Well, what does it look like for you, for you guys? What does it look like in your business? Yeah, so I think for me, the, the foundation really has to be rooted in building my relationship with God outside of, outside of church. So that means waking up in the morning, putting the time in that I need to do to have that personal relationship with God. And that needs to be the foundation of everything that I do, whether it's home with my wife and kids, whether it's at the office, kind of like what Kevin's talking about, um, or in my social circles as well. That needs to be the foundation uh, for me of everything that I do is that time and that relationship building that I need to do with God. Good. Justin, what's it like for you? Uh, I'd say a, a real-life example for me is my dad. Um, just the fact that you could wake up every morning and see him reading his Bible, spending time in the Word, teaching his kids, and being the example. I think that's the, uh, what it is to be a man of God, is the day-in and day-out stuff to be able to show your kids the, the way to go. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Just, you could go to him with anything, and he'd always have a godly answer or the right way. Um, yeah, a good and that's, example. And that's, that's how you strive to be, is just to, to yes. be that example in your home yes. and, and start there. Yep. Good. Jim, what about you? Uh, man, it's just always a process. you got to turn it on, Jim. Is it on? Get you just out of the mic right here. We go. We'll fix it. Set me up for failure. All right. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You're on. <laughs> um, See, you just got smart backstage, and that's what Ryan did. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just just always a process. It's just uh, you know, it can be messy, um, can be exciting. Um, just just knowing that uh, you know, just challenged every day. Just being surrounded by guys like this. Just it's it's always cool to be. Um, just be challenged by what they know and what I can learn. Um, so big, uh, the shortest answer, just it's, it's a process. You know? it's just a process. Okay, good. I, and then I'm going I'm to kind of throw you guys a curveball a bit. I gave these, these seven things, that a man of God is loving, a man of God is transparent, a man of God is a servant, a man of God is spiritual, a man of God is influential. Which one of those things is the most difficult for you to live out? Uh, for me, I think it would be a servant um, in all aspects of my life when it comes to, you know, putting my wife first, putting my kids first, um, not just me, not what I want, it's, it's what she might want in a certain circumstance. Um, I think that, yeah, for me, it's a showing the servanthood all the time. All right, somebody else. Yeah, I think uh, loving for me, um, it's easy to love people that love you, so wife and kids and family, but I think one of the things that I'm trying to learn is to love people like Jesus loved people and see people how he saw them, which means people outside of my circle, um, what does it mean to really love them? And that's something that I'm working on. Okay. Okay. I think for me, it's probably being transparent. Um, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, my dad was hard. I was hard. My brother was hard. I mean, you never let him see you sweat. You always got to be tough. You got to have a tough exterior. I mean, if, uh, being transparent is almost like a sign of weakness, right? You don't want to show your emotions. You can't be all broken down. And at work, you got to be the leader, right? So uh, definitely, you know, my wife helps me to bring that down. 
Uh, <laughs> kids, they don't care about how tough you are. You know, they, it is what it is. And being around these guys, it's, it's nice to be able to with this group and just, you know, be real. Hey, you know, I'm concerned. I'm worried. Uh, we had a situation with my daughter. She was diagnosed with lupus. And, and the whole time I was trying to be tough for my, uh, for my family. And when I was with these guys, it, you know, uh, we was talking. And next thing you know, I just brought it up. We said a couple of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm full of tears at this point. And I didn't realize how heavy it was on me. So, uh, you know, sometimes being a man, being a man, being a man of God, you know, you try to put the man part first, and that'll hold you back from trying to be transparent in my situation anyway. Oh, that's good. That's good. Jim? Yeah, I, mean, I would agree with all of that and uh, what they said. And just for me, it's always just trying to be influential. Um, just being in the community and also just uh, my family. You know, I have two seven-year-olds that I um, try to set a good example to every day. And uh, sometimes that can be challenging, depending on what's going on. And uh, just always trying to keep that in mind. Good, good. So talk to me. Anybody can jump in on this. How do you balance work and family and your faith? How do you balance all of that? I guess for me is, uh, you know, my wife's my heartbeat. So she kind of always puts me in. Jim, that's good. I know. <laughs> I can't beat that. I, I, I didn't even. Wow. I, I don't even need the points today, is that right? Like, because is that it's like Father's a Hallmark Day. card or something? <laughs> Her name is Michelle, right? That's right, Michelle. Is yeah, she yeah. here? She is. Don't oh, do she's your heartbeat. No, I know she is. That's good, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah, if you'd have had a tear, that would have been like over the top right there. A little water? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, Michelle. He's being sincere, and I'm blowing right. it up here. Um, no, I mean, she, she keeps me in check. Um, I mean, says that, you know, your, your wife has given to you as your helper. And uh, sometimes I don't allow her, allow her to help. And um, she kind of just keeps me in check for that. How, how does that work? You know, the, 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 let's talk a little bit about that. Just you kind of went there with that whole she's a helper and she's, she, she really is a, um, you know, that, that kind of a God uh, blessing, a God sin in your life. How does that work in a in a, I mean, I know how that sermon would come out in a sermon, but how does that work like a Monday through Friday? Uh, I mean, just being as transparent with her, just like I would for, you know, just with my closest buddy, you know, my, um, I think sometimes in my, in my walk, I've, I've gotten uh, closer to my friends or my brother than I did my spouse or the willingness to kind of just open up to say that, hey, I'm scared about X, Y, Z, or, um, you know, I, I just need help with, whatever we were going with through, you know. Michelle and I, we've, we've gone through a lot together. We're actually going to be celebrating 14 years coming up. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, uh, just always kind of just trying to be transparent with her. You know, I'm still challenged with that every day. There's some days where I come home and I, I, I don't want to tell her everything and, or whatever's on my mind. And, you know, sometimes it kind of filters out later and sometimes it just maybe causes frustration later. Uh, but she, she definitely helps me in a, every aspect of the way, and uh, it's just, it just has to be my ability to kind of open up to her to, to allow her to help. That's good. Yeah, because a lot of times as a, as a guy, and you're talking about this, Kevin, it's we don't really want to spill everything out. And we may do that even with other guys, uh, but uh, even, you know, you, we're, we're leading and we're loving and we're trying to do this, and so sometimes that level of vulnerability is a bit scary. Anybody else have anything you want to say about work, family, life? Uh, balance? No, I agree with Jim. Um, 
Yeah, I agree, Jim. Uh, definitely, my wife. She keeps me in check. She reminds me, I'm only at bo I'm only the boss at work. So <laughs> <laughs> she said, this is this is her area of expertise. I like to see that on video. All right. She oh, oh yeah, she'd tell me that in a heartbeat. Uh, and, and and it just it, she she balances me out. She you know she keeps the schedule. She reminds me, hey, we got to do this, this, this. And she knows how important my walk is with God. And she she never makes me uh, or asks me to do anything that's going to sacrifice that. Matter of fact, I'm on this stage because uh, she said I should do this. So <laughs> I said I didn't have time. She said, oh, you're going to make time. Oh, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Anything, guys? I, if you want to say anything great about your wife, too, this would be a good time. <laughs> She's my heartbeat, too. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? <laughs> no, I think uh, my family just needs to know that they are more important than work. So when things do come up at the office, communication's really, really important, making sure I let her know what's going on. But, um, but it's really important, I think, that they know that even when things do get busy and things get crazy, that ultimately they are more important than uh, what's going on at work. And try not to bring that home with me. And uh, the cell phone is something that I'm working on and I think uh, helps is to put that away when I get home. Don't take calls. Don't answer emails right when they come in when I'm off the clock. Gotcha. Good. All right. Why is it important to stay connected to other men? We, we talked a little bit about this. You were talking about the, the prayer time and that, you know, that time where we, we, we get together weekly uh, and, um, and we, uh, we, uh, we meet. Uh, Jim uh, owns a Chick-fil-A over in Brookfield. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Jim, for that chicken. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and, that, and you, you, you got more praise and worship music going at your business than I have at the church. So don't give me a hard time about that. And uh, but uh, so we meet there and have a good time. But but we're talking about life and developing those relationships. Talk to me about how the importance of staying connected in, in that group or even another group you may have been a part of or whatever, just a godly influence of, of those relationships. What does that mean to you? and Why is that important? I think uh, when you're going through something, I know that you get your wife as your, your right hand man, woman, uh, <laughs> and you could come to them. But there's something about talking to another guy about your situation, to be able to speak some life back into you. Um, oftentimes, you're just talking with them, and you're realizing as they're talking and talking about a situation that, hey, that's what I go through. And for them to hear them and how they're getting through it, um, it's just a big encouragement, I think. That's, that's Talk about is. how that's encouraging to you, because that's good, because I think a lot of guys don't think about that, that piece of it. I think just that there is, I can see past this problem or this situation, uh, whether it's a work thing, uh, personal thing, or marriage thing, even um, I find that, you know, I'm I'm more normal than I might think right. I am. You know, oh, there's good. other guys that are going through the exact same thing. So right. just to alone. be together. That's good. Yeah. Somebody else. Kind of stole what I was going to say, but I mean, just knowing that you're not alone. Um, I think I'm the same way as Justin, and Justin and I have uh, built a pretty special bond, I think, recently because of some of these groups that we're involved in, um, but just knowing that we can talk about anything and that he's not going to judge me, he's not going to think I'm crazy, hopefully. <laughs> uh, no, but, but, but seriously, just to, just to know that, that I'm not alone, and like he said, more, more often than not, he's like, I'm going through the exact same thing that you're talking about right now. What you're saying is exactly what I'm dealing with. 
And what does that do for you when you find out there's another, especially another brother in Christ that's walking through the exact same thing or has walked through that? What, talk to me a little bit about the emotions and the, the feelings of that and how that works for you. Well, it's encouraging. I mean, it's just to know that you, you can have that. I think so, just so often we walk through this alone thinking that we have to because there's nobody that understands what we're dealing with. Um, so when we get together, knowing that he's dealing with that, it's encouraging, and I know that I can go to him with the next thing as well. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, you know, you definitely want to walk, walk this walk with somebody. Uh, you know, if you ever see those uh, animal shows or you see a lion chasing a, a pack of gazelles, right, and he's just running behind them and he's just kind of moving behind, and they're running together, the one that always gets chopped down is the one that falls behind is by himself. And, and that's the way I believe the enemy wants to do it. He wants to get us all caught up thinking that we're, we're by ourselves. You're sin, you're garbage, you messed up, you don't know what you're doing, no one's doing this but you, no one had these problems but you, and it just keeps pounding on you. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have the brothers that's around that you can just bounce that off to you. And these guys are great. I mean, they're encouraging, they let you know what's going on, and they, they keep it real. They tell you what's going on with their lives, and, and it helps you go like this, hey, we can do this together. And you're locking arms, you pray together, and you get through it. And they call and check on you, too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So talk to me just a second before we go to this last question. When we talk about being connected with other guys, talk to me about, you know, what would you say to any, any guy that's sitting there that's, that's, uh, that's listening to us have this conversation and going, man, bro, you just don't know. I'm pretty jacked up. Uh, man, I'm dealing with some stuff I don't want to talk about. Uh, you sound like you guys kind of have it all together. Uh, maybe you're a little more perfect. Because I, I think that's what happens with a lot of men, especially in church, is, is that guilt and that condemnation just piles on them. And they just, they look and go, I just can't be like so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so. And, and maybe they look at you guys like being perfect, which we know you're not. But I mean, <laughs> right? So how did, what, what would you say to that? What do you say to that person that's listening and just kind of going, I'm really struggling with that? I mean, I think we talk about everything. I mean, we talk about, you know, shoot, one time we had a, a one we talk about pornography, right? We was talking about uh, lust and temptation. We was talking about debt. We was talking about anger. We was talking about anxiety. Anything that you deal with, I mean, we talk about it. They, I mean, everybody's been through it. No one's been through something that no one's never been through. Uh, we had a guy that uh, came and visited us. He was talking about, you know, all the things he had been through with his dad. Everybody almost has something to talk about in that situation. So trust me, the Bible says nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> right. We've we all been through that. Right. Any other advice? Anything else you'd say? I've just been realizing that everybody has something. You know, we, we've all got stuff that we're dealing with. Everybody out there has got stuff that we're dealing with. Um, so just, you know, echoing that, I mean, we, we've all got stuff and, and we talk about it. And I think it's important to be able to have that group of people that you can share anything with and they're not going to judge you. Are you guys kumbaya, kind of warm, fuzzy, kind of, are you real soft, Kevin? I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know you needed that, Pastor. I do, I I do need that. Yeah, I need I that affirmation <laughs> a little bit. That's my love language there. All right, so let, let's, let's get to this last question. Now that you told me you love me, I'm tearing up here. All right. What's God teaching you and speaking to you right now? What, what's happening? What's God doing in your life? This is for everybody. Uh, for, for me, it's uh, currently Jeremiah 29. Uh, he's talking about there's one specific verse that's hit me lately was, um, seek me with your, all your heart and you will find me. 
And so I'm just trying to really uh, dive deep into that. What, what does that mean? What parts of my life am I not seeking him in? Is it my marriage? Is it my work? Is it uh, personal life? Is it with friends, family? What? Because um, I want to find him. I want to find him in a new way, in a refreshing way. And so I want to really just search out what I'm, you know, what, what area am I not seeking him in? That's good. For, for me, it's a, a prayer life. Um, I mean, we said it in our group the other day, so sometimes we work so hard for him that we don't spend enough time with him. And um, just taking the time, just kind of breaking it out intentionally, you know, either morning, middle of the day, or night, uh, and not just making it a, a checkoff list type thing. So I think for me, it's just having a better prayer life and uh, being held accountable by these guys. You know, we, we've talked about it before too, and uh, just hearing these guys, the way they pray, and, we, and of course, you know, I could not have a prayer like Pastor Aaron, or, or, and that's okay, but I think more so my relationship needs to get better by talking with them a little bit more. Okay, awesome. Uh, I, I just read a book uh, called Unqualified that I actually got here in the Resource Center, and what it kind of talked about was helping you understand how God views you. And even though we've, like I said before, we've all got stuff, even, even knowing that God still has a plan and a purpose for my life, I think sometimes we put labels on ourselves for who we are or who we should be, and we care so much about how others view us that it really taints the way that we view, uh, we view ourselves. So I'm trying to understand how God views me, what the plan that he has for me is, and that I don't need to be affirmed by anyone else other than him. No, that's good. Yeah, I think what I've been uh, really um, working on lately is, uh, you know, this has been on me. It says, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And, you know, what does that mean? You know, you know, my kids are saved. My wife is saved. But I'm worried about the next generation. You know, you know how, how is this going to translate? Is it going to go to the next one and to the next one? And then I also wonder, you know, you know at work, you know, what type of atmosphere am I creating at work? Um, a lot of people say, you know, this is the best place to work. That's what they say a lot of people when they come to the store. But I, I think it is because we, we provide that environment. Uh, you know, we're not a yelling and a screaming. We're not swearing at people. We're, we're not doing that. And it's not like I made a mandate like that because people want to do what they want to do. But I think it just starts to, you know, once you're in that area, what type of vibes are you putting off? Can people uh, sense your Holy Spirit? Can they see what, you, what you're bringing in and, and what type of influence are you having in that area? Good. 